Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Wednesday, we are on the other side of the country. We're getting ready for Atlanta United and LAFC tonight. But there's another little piece of news that is kind of getting the conversation going when it comes to MLS and when it comes to soccer in the United States. And it's Lionel Messi going to enter Miami, which is all but done. I think the announcement from Lionel Messi actually, according to the reports on Teise in Argentina, could come in this next hour, so we'll keep you posted on anything official out of Miami or out of Lionel Messi. But, yeah, it's kind of a crazy day. And, Mike, we were watching training yesterday when the news really started to get, I think, serious. You know, the Miami part had come up, and um, it's been serious, don't get me wrong. But when it really started to look like the turn happened from Messi going back to Barcelona, which earlier in the day yesterday had been at least the the roadway was cleared for it to happen from La Liga and from Barcelona. But there's so many different things that have to happen on Barcelona's side to be able to register him, to be able to clear the salary on their current roster. And they can't make any guarantees right now. And Lionel Messi was burned before a couple of years ago when he went to PSG. Uh, Barcelona told him, no, no, we're going to be able to get everything done. No, 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 we're going to be able to renew your contract. No, no, we, we want you here. Everything's going to be good. And then at the last minute, they said, nope, we can't do it. And I think he wanted guarantees very early in the process this time around. Barcelona can't make any guarantees. And it looks like Lionel Messi will be playing in Miami as soon as late July. 
And the first MLS team he could face could be Atlanta United if he is uh, in the team in time for League's Cup. And I've seen some reports that he will be. I saw another report that maybe not. Yeah, seen both. I, I, I just, I'm really, I'm still in shock. I have to tell you. And it's funny. We were, you're right. We were at UCLA yesterday uh, watching Atlanta United train because by the way, there is an Atlanta United match tonight. And yes. I like, I, I'm not even, I, I'm having to remind myself of that. I, I'm, I'm still struggling to process all of this messy news, but we were at UCLA yesterday watching training and you know, you, you kept telling me, like, yeah, you know, th- this person's pretty legit, and he's reporting this, and we have this political reporter from South Florida who's got a lot of followers, and she seems to have something. And I just kept thinking, no, something's going to happen here at the 11th hour. It just feels like it's a year or two too soon for this to happen, for Messi. Um, and as it turns out, it's not. And I just want to start with this because I think it's been really interesting just kind of polling the reaction uh, in my circle of friends, people who follow me on Twitter, people who interact with me on Twitter, people who I know are are very passionate about Atlanta United and MLS. Um, And, you know, someone who I really, really uh, admire and trust a great deal texted me this morning and said, I've had it with MLS. I'm quitting on the league. This is unfair. (laughs) No, it's not. Anybody could have made this signing, but he wanted to go to one city specifically. Well, I I, I get the sentiment that Miami was underpunished for flagrantly breaking league rules. No, that's a a completely different situation. And and I've had some people say that too. But... These are completely different situations. Yes, they should have been punished with a points deduction then, which would not affect anything with this move today. They should have been punished with maybe what LA Galaxy got with not being able to register players after a certain time. That was one window, and that would have already passed by now as well. No, I, I thoroughly disagree because you don't get to keep an unlimited period of time for a punishment on a team based off things that happened a while ago now, uh, a pretty good while ago now. We're talking about the 2020 season now. This is 2023, and things have passed, and I'm, I'm sorry. Like, it's better for the league as a whole, and they, oh. they didn't change any rules, first off. No. Like, they didn't change anything. They didn't modify anything to allow a messy move to Miami to happen. There's nothing of – it's not like David Beckham coming, where they did change rules to allow that to happen, which was also massively transformational. They didn't do any of that in this case. And I think if you're looking for something to be mad about MLS with, you're looking too hard and you're missing the point. This is potentially the best player in the world right now. Yes, at 35 years old, right now, coming to Major League Soccer to play, choosing to come to Major League Soccer to play. And it's a big deal. And if you're looking for something to complain about, Maybe look in the mirror and stop. Like it's a big deal. Well, well here here's what it does. Um, it, it if MLS lacked any credibility before, domestically or internationally, um, that goes away immediately. Now, uh, MLS instantly gains enormous credibility because you have the best player in the world, or it, 
if you want to even argue that, clearly one of the top three players in the world, if not the best player in the world, still in his prime, and reportedly maybe bringing some of his friends over too, who are still in their primes, by the way, um, coming to the United States at a time where this country hosts Copa America next year, hosts the World Cup in three years, has a new $250 million media deal, which, by the way, you know, now that becomes uh, critical in all of this and, and how if Messi can sell Apple subscriptions, he gets a piece of it, which I'm sure will motivate him. But now I think all of a sudden the worldwide TV landscape changes quite a bit when it comes to MLS. Um, aside, I think the 730 kickoffs are probably going to be going away at least for Inter-Miami, because now you've got to find a time where you can get MLS on in Europe at a decent hour. I wouldn't be surprised if you see some Inter-Miami kick times move to earlier in the day. Maybe a few, but maybe not too many because heat's a thing. Well, that's true. Well, good point. But, uh, by the way, ESPN looks tremendously short-sighted now for abandoning the league. Fox looks incredibly lucky for uh, keeping a, a piece of the linear TV deal for pennies on the dollar. Oh, but and no, they're going to be what, trying to get more Miami games for sure. Absolutely. So what this does now is it, it makes MLS a global conversation piece as opposed to MLS being the, uh, you know, kind of like in college football terms, the, the wacky West Coast game that's on at one in the morning as you're finishing your night of drinking. Uh, now MLS becomes... Uh, a league that is going to get a level of coverage globally that it has not had before, and that's going to do nothing but help grow the league. Major League Soccer instantly becomes the best league now in North and Central America. And with apologies to Lyon and what they did just down the street here in L.A. to LAFC a couple weeks ago, uh, this makes MLS unquestionably the Mm. best league in the – in the Confederation, unquestionably. Um, now it's Mexico who I think has to be incentivized to try to do more to tie into Major League Soccer, not the reverse. So it just it it completely shifts the global paradigm when it comes to MLS. And the other thing this does now is, quite frankly, I think it throws a lifeline to some smaller clubs who might be having some attendance problems, quite frankly. Um, you know, if, if Dallas has had trouble drawing or Houston has had trouble drawing or, uh, you know, Chicago's had trouble drawing, just wait until Messi comes to town. Uh, I think this is probably going to force the league to review the way that it schedules, you know, where now you're going to have to find a way where Messi's going to have to play against everyone every year. So do you go to a divisional scheduling format and, and structure it in such a way where you're guaranteed to play every team every year at least once? I think you have to do that. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going in a bunch of different directions. I think my main point is this. This is one of the biggest moments, if not the biggest moment, in the history of Major League Soccer. And all 29 clubs will benefit immensely from this, not just one. And I think that's really, really important to keep in mind. Yeah, I mean, am I thrilled about having to play Messi twice a year and Tata Martino might be his coach and he might be Joseph Martinez's teammate? Yeah, I mean, that's... That that's kind of a bummer from an Atlanta standpoint, but imagine that atmosphere on September 16th 
when Inter-Miami with Lionel Messi comes to Mercedes and possibly Tata comes to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, it, it is going to be, next to the MLS Cup Final, the biggest soccer happening in the history of our city. And let's dispense with another canard narrative that's out there this morning all over Twitter. Stop it with the, no, he's not going to play in Atlanta because he's not going to play on turf. Okay, there's been only one player in the history of this league that has outright refused to play on turf. He's no longer in the league, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. If Major League Soccer and Inter-Miami and Apple and Adidas are making this kind of investment in Lionel Messi, I am certain that they are not going to want a situation where Messi is not playing in the four largest stadiums in this league because no. they have turf. That's you absolutely understand. absurd. Yeah, you got to understand something about Lionel Messi as well. And even at this point in his career, he is someone that, that Pep Guardiola said back during his time at Barcelona. He learned really fast. You don't leave Messi out. You don't leave him out of games. You don't sub him out of games. You don't do that because he's just insane when it comes to his competitive drive. And he wants to play every minute. He wants to be involved. Yes, he will, I think, barring injury, play in these stadiums with turf. Does it open up a larger conversation about turf? Yeah, it could in the long run, but that's different. Right now, I think this is a signing. It's going to get compared to David Beckham, and it should, because that was a signing that took a league that had five years previous had to contract two teams because they didn't have the right ownership in a couple of markets. They weren't set up with the foundation to grow from, and they did. They made that move. They contracted two teams, one in Miami, because you had an owner who wasn't the right owner. You had Tampa Bay Mutiny at that time who didn't have an owner. Right move. It solidified things, and then you were able to add Rail Salt Lake, and you were able to add Chivas USA at the time, which was a gamble, but a gamble you needed to take at that time. You added Toronto, which was a big step in the right direction. You went back to San Jose in 2008, right after this. So you were in a, a situation when you added David Beckham that took the league forward. This is a move that when we were talking about this a couple of years ago, I said this was the summer that it could possibly happen. It would not happen before this because everything was based on the World Cup in 2022 for Messi. He wanted to finish his Argentina time at that time, which is what it looked like, which has changed now because he's been able to maintain his form. But he wanted to push everything into trying to win in 2022, and he did. And it's extended his career in a lot of great ways and extended his influence in a lot of great ways. This is a, a move that, yeah, you do give up part of your TV broadcasting subscriptions when it comes to Apple to get a deal like this done. You do a deal with Adidas, and, and Adidas has its own lifetime deal with Lionel Messi. Um, reportedly, according to The Athletic, where if they increase their sales with, I guess, MLS-related things to after Messi comes, then he's going to get a cut of that. Okay, that's fine. When you add somebody like Pelé in the old NASL and you add somebody like Beckham in the right time for the league to do it then, and you add somebody like Messi, which is this is the right time to do it now, you have a league that is poised to become one of the top five leagues in the world. And yeah, I didn't say it is right now. Don't misquote me. It's poised to get there. 
you have a World Cup coming in 26. You have the growth that is happening in this league in terms of quality, in terms of business. And you add someone like Messi that's going to accelerate everything. It's a really fun time to be involved in the game. And he is going to get a level of attention that we haven't seen in this league and and a, a level of maybe intensity in the attention that we haven't seen in this league. Beckham was a different force for the league. And he absolutely was. And anybody who's going to try to downplay that uh, is, is frankly incorrect. I, I remember where I was when that signing became real. It was really before the the days of Twitter and social media, but I was at the NSCAA convention, the largest soccer convention in the country, because it was in January where it became a real deal. And everything stopped to talk about it. When he did Good Morning America, everything stopped in the soccer world. It's a different world today, but this is the kind of move that general sports people will have takes on. This is the Mm -hmm. kind of player that general sports people say, I know that name. I just watched the World Cup. I know him. Yeah, I want to go see him. Yes, I will pay money to buy that ticket. And this is the kind of move that then in South America gets attention, around the world gets attention. It has the potential. It doesn't do it by itself. And this is something that I I think the league office knows about, and, and they're not stupid. These are not dummies running this league. But they know that this move by itself doesn't change the paradigm for the league. It opens the door to changing the paradigm for the league. And they have to take full advantage of it because you're going to have people and whether, like you mentioned, a Dallas or a Houston, you're going to have people who go to those games because of Lionel Messi. They have to leave there knowing that, hey, I might want to become a fan of my local team, too. And that's the next step. And that's something that MLS has to be really careful about and really smart about. All the teams around the league have to be really smart about that as well. It's going to be a fun time. Because this is going to get these games and this talk and these conversations and guys like Luis Suarez, that name's already come up. Angel Di Maria, that name's already come up. Sergio Busquets, Jordi Alba, those names have come up and they'd been there for a minute when it came to Miami. It's going to get a level of attention and excitement and buzz that we have not seen in this league before. And Atlanta United could be right there at the front of it with that League's Cup game. There's been reports that his first game would be the League's Cup match against Cruz Azul that opens the group that Atlanta United's in. And the second game would be against Atlanta United. And then Atlanta United would come back home to play Cruz Azul in the third game of the group. So things could get really, really interesting, not just from an MLS perspective, but also tangentially through Atlanta United as well. And it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about and follow. So I'm going to throw a hot take out there. Oh boy. I want to see how you react to it and how the Twitch pitch will react to it. Messi will come in and instantly be the best player in the league, but I think there's going to be a surprise in how competitive the league is against Messi. No, that's fine. I I think in terms of sheer talent, yeah, he'll come in and be the, the best player in the league, but the league, and we've seen it firsthand at times when you talk about somebody like Tiago Almada, who is one of the most talented players in the league right now and still will be. 
you have a a different type of defending. You have a, a type of a different type of play, a different type of of way the game is refereed. You have a lot of different things that are going to be used to try to nullify that talent from Lionel Messi. So it's going to be really interesting to watch how teams try to defend him and how he adjusts to the league as well. And that adjustment period is a real thing. Um, he's not going to walk in and, and just have hat tricks every game. That's not no. going to happen. No way. He's he's going to get defended in some ways that are different than he's accustomed to. He's going to get defended by some guys who are faster or stronger and are going to make life difficult for him. He's going to find a way to be impactful, and he's going to find a way to lift a Miami team that frankly needs it. But he can't do it by himself. And the more he has to do it by himself, the more he'll find that it's not simple to walk through. And I think that's the... That's the element for MLS that is attractive to somebody like Lionel Messi because, yeah, reportedly there was $1.2 billion on the table from the Saudi Arabian League. That league's not competitive, and it's not a strong league top to bottom. It's it's dominated by a few teams, and they're very top-heavy in terms of talent. MLS can be top-heavy in terms of talent on a roster, but it's not the same. The league is more competitive. The games are more challenging. And for someone who now, in, in Messi, who is looking to 2024 Copa America in this country and looking to potentially a 2026 World Cup where he tries to defend the title with Argentina, which would have never guessed that would have been possible two years ago. Now that's possible. And he will be kept at a higher level by coming here than going to chase the money in Saudi Arabia. And it's a good thing for the league that he, he's going to be part of this journey that MLS will take over the next few years to get to 26. And Messi will help accelerate things very quickly for this league. Hey, Mel, Bri here. Got to work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy. Hey, Mikey, if you're going to puke, find the popcorn bowl. But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm going to get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. We have, I, I think, a ton of great questions and reactions on the Twitch pitch because there are a lot of, you know, layers to this onion that we can peel away. Yeah. And it, it, I'd love to get into that if you're okay yeah, with it for the it. next couple minutes because, you know, as Emilio Corsi brings up, and this is something I, I kind of talked about on Twitter a little bit today. Now, do the roster rules get updated? Is this the trigger now for the league to maybe soften things a little bit when it comes to wage bills and salary caps and things like that. Um, does it put the league in a position now where the small clubs uh, who have been resistant to, um, you know, expanding and lightening the salary rules, does it put them in a, a position now where, hey, you've got to get on board or you're going to get left behind? What happens now with Messi? Do you see a situation where, this dramatically changes the roster rules in MLS, keeping in mind, too, if Busquets wants to play for Miami, uh, I would imagine he would have to be brought in at a designated player level as well. Maybe, maybe. He might be one that's right at that TAM deal. Um, and yeah. an illegal TAM deal, I know we're talking about Miami, but uh, <laughs> a, a, a legit TAM deal, uh, you might be able to get Busquets on. But then if you start talking Di Maria and right. Suarez, yeah, then it starts to get complicated. Um, yeah, look, I, I think you need to have that conversation if you are the competition committee in Major League Soccer. Um, the league has grown to a point that it's at because of the rules that it has. And that needs to be understood. And the idea that just everything's been holding MLS back, frankly, it's not true. Because the league, when it started would not have started if you didn't have the restrictions on spending that were there. And to understand why it's the way now, you have to know that. And you have to understand that as fact. Because you were, when MLS started, just attracting investment. You're talking 1994, 1995. You were 10 years off of the death of the North American Soccer League. Mm -hmm. The North American Soccer League had its moment, kind of like this, but very different because you had no platform for success underneath it when they signed Pelé in, in 1975. When Pelé came to the NASL, everybody tried to go find their own Pelé and spending went nuts and you didn't have a foundation for any success or growth or anything. It blew up and it blew out really, really fast. When MLS started, you had people that you would say, hey, we're with Major League Soccer. We're here to attract your investment. We need you to cut a, a check of $5 million to come into the league. That That's what it was. I'm not kidding. Um, $5 million. That's all we need from you. No, no way. I'm not blowing $5 million on this pro soccer thing. It just went folded a decade ago because people spent like crazy. Well, okay, Mr. Rich Man, what if we sit down with you and we say, we're going to keep spending to these limits. We're going to do these things. We're going to have a salary cap like this. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we can talk then. And Lamar Hunt's one of those people that, that had that conversation. So that's why the league has the limits that it does, which have grown over the years. And then you added designated players because you could sign David Beckham in 2007. And you had guys that were making more than the max before that. And 
you had things that were grandfathered in and you had to stretch things to go get a Landon Donovan to come back from Germany and, and sign other guys at right times and right places. Jorge Campos, I think, got a Ferrari. I mean, all kinds <laughs> of crazy stuff. So the league being structured the way it is could do those things and then could change the rules to get a David Beckham and other guys who came after that, Thierry Henry and others. Well, now you probably need to have that rethink because it's time. Do you just get rid of everything? No, you don't. Because part of what is attractive about MLS is the competitive nature of it and is the parity. But you do need to have within that idea of we want to give everybody a chance to win because that makes the league more compelling. You do need the ability to go sign massive global superstars. And is there, do you add another designated player? I mean, we could sit down and rewrite the rules right now and it doesn't mean it would work or not. I think everything has to be on the table. Do you add more designated players? Do you just increase the cap and get rid of designated players? You know, what do you do about invest and trying to spark investment in U22 players? Like you have the U22 initiative. There's a million different things you could do right now. But yes, I do think it will create a conversation about, well, this just happened and we have the World Cup coming and we have Copa America coming we should spend more on the rosters. How do we get there and how do we want to get there? That needs to be a conversation had right now in the WhatsApp chat for uh, the MLS competition committee. <laughs> uh, Bobby Blackwolf, like me, amused now because ESPN is going to have to suddenly re-acknowledge MLS's existence. And it is funny, Oops. ESPN is tweeting about it today from uh, it, its verified yeah. ESPN account. So. You know, it, it happens. And, you know, ESPN, I, 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 I had a feeling they would do this when, when they uh, declined to continue with MLS rights. Uh, they did the same thing with MLS that they did with NASCAR and the NHL. Uh, when they lost rights to those, they just denied its existence. And now they're going to have to come back to the table, which I do think is kind it, of amusing. It's funny. They've been twisted in the wind twice because of Lionel Messi, because they paid right. up to get the La Liga rights right. when Barcelona blew it and couldn't keep him. And he left. And then those rights weren't worth what they paid for. And then they let MLS walk and they don't get into that conversation. And now they're worth a whole lot more than they were before. All right. So Chris Kilroy asked a question. I've asked Garth Lagerway about this. We were even talking about this on the plane on Monday. Where's Inter Miami going to play? Uh, <laughs> because because Drive Pink is, I mean, the demand is going to way, way outstrip the inventory at Drive Pink. It's about a 15,000 seat stadium. It's a perfectly adequate facility, by the way. For a temporary stadium, it's absolutely yeah, fine. I actually like it. Yeah. But. You've got an issue with Hard Rock, and I was looking at this today. A lot of people forget that the University of Miami has a lease with Hard Rock for their Saturday college football games, and Inter-Miami has some Saturday dates that might not be available um, at Drive Pink Stadium, and of course you have Dolphins games on Sunday. So I'm going to be fascinated to see what Inter-Miami does now going forward because it, it, it feels like they can't continue at Drive Pink Stadium, but they might actually have to, unless there's another option that is just not apparent to us. I think Marlins Stadium would not be adequate. No. Um, the stadium they have in Boca Raton for Florida Atlantic would not be a- adequate. The, the stadium they have uh, in South Dade for Florida International would not be a- adequate. Like, you're kind the of... At, 
the one at Florida International gets you up to twenty thousand. Just if mm-hmm. people are asking about it, um, the Miami FC and USL Championship has the rights there, but I don't know if they're exclusive. Um, uh, yeah, they can work out a deal. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um, FAU Stadium in Boca. What does that get you to? Um, about twenty five, thirty thousand. Yeah, it's got it listed as 30. So, I mean, a little bit of a difference. I, I think it's going to be a little piecemeal. And and look, this is just this is just the nature of it. And there are teams in the world outside of MLS who do have kind of two stadiums where they play big games in one that might be like the city stadium or the municipal stadium. And they play their usual games in other places. Miami's going to play games at Drive Pink. They're, they're going to have to. They're, they're not going to be able to move everything. And it doesn't make sense to really move. I mean, unless you go to FAU for a game or two to get to 30, I think you're going to look to get high-profile games into Hard Rock where you can. Now, next year, and, and one thing about this deal, and I have seen it reported from a good source. I, I don't know if it's accurate or not. Uh, that this would be essentially a rolling deal. It's three years in total, but there's an out after every year, uh, which is typical for what Messi did at Barcelona. It's nothing new for him there. Um, you basically revisit the terms, and it's a situation where, look, if you uh, quadruple your Apple subscription sales because of Messi, he might come back and say, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to continue and play another year, but we're going to bump that percentage up because look at what I just did for you. Um, it creates that opening. So I, I think when you look at the long term, you're looking at this year might just have to be piecemeal. Mm-hmm. Next year, you're going to want to play as many games at Hard Rock as possible. It's just good business. It's intelligent. You're going to schedule to have big games at big high profile times to be able to play at Hard Rock. Um, and maybe it accelerates the the movement on your own stadium, which mm-hmm. they want to get done as fast as possible. No question. Uh, they, they've they've made progress there. I mean, it's going to happen. It's just now you've got to jump through all these little hoops that you have to do to get it done. Um, they're really going to hit the gas on that. And I think that's going to be something that is a benefit from Messi being there. It's they, just being able to push that harder. They, they might have to go back to the, uh, the drawing table a little bit on those plans, though, because yep. uh, if I remember correctly, I think their new stadium was only going to be about 20,000. 20 to 25, if I remember right. But yeah, I think you're going to want to boost that. But the question is, can you get it built in time for him to play in there? And you just don't know necessarily. So if they got it approved quickly and they got the, I think the issue there is the site preparation and you have to kind of mow down a golf course and level everything, but you can build something very, very quickly. In fact, Lockhart, where they play now, I mean, they went from, nothing to fully functional in about eight months. Um, So, I mean, you could get it done pretty quickly down there in South Florida, but uh, it's a fascinating question. And my God, again, like I'm trying to think of you and I doing a Leeds Cup game at Drive Pink where Messi might be playing and just the absolute circus (laughs) that might present. Uh, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if we would be able to find a booth for that one. Well, they'll they'll find something for us. We uh, <laughs> that's one thing I want to make very clear for the people who have been covering this league for years. Uh, accommodations better be made for the people who have been with this league for a long time, as opposed to all the the people who are going to parachute into this. But that's just me being mm-hmm. selfish. Got a couple questions on the Twitch pitch about does this change MLS now from being a selling league to being a buying league? 
No, I, I think it's a league. And I think every league needs to do both. And and that's a good thing. I mean, one, this move is a move you make if you've decided not if you if you make a league rule to say we're not going to spend more than five million dollars on a transfer period. Nobody can do it. Oh, Lionel Messi can come. Yeah. If we need to spend it on transfer, we'll do it like this is a, a move that you do no matter what. Um I don't think it changes anything. One, he's out of contract, so you're not buying necessarily. You're just signing a free agent. Um, Two, the league needs to have superstars in it. And sometimes those superstars are going to be 30 plus. And that's okay. You can't only get those players. That's the difference. And that's the difference. You want to go back to the old NASL. That's the difference maybe in the early-ish days of the league where you needed superstars and you needed guys that were a little bit older and established names. Uh, Those players have had an impact, and it's okay to go get them, but you have to have balance. You have to create your own stars, which MLS is in a position to do more than it's ever done before. It's done it in Atlanta, and we saw it firsthand with guys like Joseph Martinez, Miguel Almiron, who were not superstars when they walked in the door. And they became superstars. But then you're also seeing a Caleb Wiley in his emergence, a Miles Robinson in his emergence, Alfonso Davies in Vancouver, his emergence and eventual move. You have to have all of those different categories. But you can't say no to Lionel Messi because you don't want to be looked at as a buying league or a retirement league or whatever other cliche somebody's going to throw at you. You go get Messi and you just don't forget about all the other categories of player acquisition and development the development side is a big part of it and what i would be stressing out of this if i am at the league level and i'm messaging things is i would be stressing to every young soccer player in this country and i'm talking like five to ten years old hey look at how much money this guy's going to get coming into this league you can want to be a professional soccer player. You need to look at this. Like we talk about it in other sports and, and the amount of money people can make. It's a driving factor in players going into football, players going into basketball, players going into baseball. Well, that needs to be the conversation here because that's never been the conversation in the United States that you can be not just make a nice living playing professional soccer, but you can get rich playing professional soccer. And that needs to be part of this because you now have the infrastructure to develop the talent that can come from that conversation. And if you're a parent out there and you've got a young kid, well, there's no nothing in the water that was special in Rosario that made Messi Messi. It's the environment. It's the culture. It's the instruction that he got at a young age and just born with an incredible talent that not many people are. But you can become a professional soccer player. And yeah. Salaries go up. That's a good thing for that development side of things. I'd be selling the hell out of that. Absolutely. I want to pause the messy discussion just for 10 seconds because Shiva had a question and I want to make sure I answer. It's not related to Messi. She wants to know, is Atlanta United flying back tonight or tomorrow? She's worried that with a match on Saturday, you'd only have one day back in town. Shiva, they are going to fly back tomorrow, but they're going to train tomorrow afternoon upon arrival, really more of a regen. Uh, This is something that you're seeing a lot now in the NBA. Um, Teams that play on the West Coast will stay in, um, you know, their West Coast city overnight because the the trainers feel, the physios feel that 
You can get a better night's sleep on a hotel bed as opposed to on a plane. You fly back the next day with a full night's sleep, and that actually opens the door then for you to practice or, in, in soccer terms, train uh, the next day. So I, I would not be overly concerned about that. But I did want to answer your question because uh, uh, we're on um, we're on messy watch right now. And uh, according to Niall and Fabrizio Romano, I guess there's going to be a press conference within the next 15 minutes involved, involving Messi. So uh, we'll stay on. Uh, I mean, yeah. we're getting a lot of questions and, and really, really good points and comments about um, Messi. So we'll stay on through all this. And we are going to talk about why we're here in L.A., which is yes. Atlanta United is playing tonight against the defending MLS Cup champions. Uh, I know that's easy to forget. Chris wants to know, does this make Miami a playoff team this year? Uh, by itself? I don't think so. They've got to solve the the holding midfield. When Gregory got hurt, that was the biggest issue that they were going to have this season. Um, it's not going to be the only move, though. So, I mean, if you look at this signing and you understand, okay, they're going to add some other guys too, yeah, it puts them in that conversation. And it makes the Eastern Conference even more competitive. And it gets really interesting because there's a lot of ground to make up but you're going to have one of the best players in the world to be able to do that. So it's going to get really fascinating in the East. Um, seeing a conversation here between a couple people on the Twitch pitch, and I, I think Almada Flo brought this up, quoting the haters, not because he feels this way, but um, uh, if I'm reading it correctly, I think he fears that this could strengthen the counter-argument against MLS that it remains a retirement league. I think some others on the Twitch pitch have <laughs> more correctly pointed out that if you want to talk about retirement leagues, that would be China or Saudi Arabia right now. Yes, uh, China's but, not even but, in the conversation anymore at this point. Yeah, but but you know, just your reaction to that, because I, I'm sure there are probably going to be, I, I don't want to like name names, but but people who don't cover soccer and don't understand major league soccer, but cover sports in this country who may lazily throw out the retirement league narrative again. There are soccer people who will throw out that lazy narrative as well, because let me, let me start on that side. There are soccer people in the United States that if MLS breeds, they will say, Oh no, that's, that's that. They didn't do that correctly. That's wrong. Um, it's stupid. It's just, it's categorically stupid. And anybody who is involved in the business of soccer in the United States who doesn't understand that MLS success is a good thing for everybody doesn't understand life in general. It's, it's just literally that stupid. Anybody who doesn't follow soccer, who sees a move like this and wants to throw out that kind of a narrative should probably educate themselves. This is a transformational move. Lionel Messi is up for debate. It's definitely up for debate, and it's hard to compare eras. But Lionel Messi is in the conversation as one of the best to do it ever in his sport, period. You bring those players in when you can. You flat out do. Um, he's in the conversation as one of the best players currently playing right now. Yes, he's that he's that good. You look at yeah. what he did this season at PSG and it ranked among the best attacking seasons 
in the last 15 years among top five leagues in Europe. That's real. These are real numbers. So you go get a player like that. I don't care about his age. When you see the impact that he has on a community, on a society, on people wanting to buy these tickets, you go get that player. People will argue anything. And, and I think you have to be careful about listening to stupid arguments. Um, it's not worth your time. It, well, it's not worth the time. It's not, it's not a reason to not do something. It, you, you do the right move. Here's where it starts and ends with me. I mean, th th this is a, a 10 second conversation. Lionel Messi seven months ago won the golden ball at the world cup. Mm -hmm. He was the best player in the best tournament against the best players in the world seven months ago. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking about major league soccer and how it was justifiably a big deal that major league soccer has a active player in Tiago Almada who won a world cup mm -hmm. uh, in the most recent tournament. And that is a huge, huge deal. Tiago Almada played eight minutes of the World Cup, I want to say. Maybe a little bit more. I mean, he bit played more. in one match as a sub. Now you're bringing in the player who won the MVP for the whole tournament. It's a big deal. Uh, deal. And, it, you know, again, I understand where, you know, there have been numerous instances. Thierry Henry, uh, David Villa, um, you know, uh, even to an extent Beckham, although I don't think that's that's quite the same, but but a lot of high-profile players who came over here in the twilight of their career, way past their prime. Lionel Messi, despite his advanced age, is still very much in his prime. And we were talking about this last night when we came back from Top Golf. How many more years of prime football is left in the tank for Lionel Messi? I think at least five. I really Possible. strongly believe that, at least five. But again, I'll go back to what I said at the very beginning of the show, and we're, we're holding for time a little bit because Messi is about to start a press conference, and we're going to stay on for all of that and see if we can transmit any details uh, to you. But I do think Messi is going to be surprised. Maybe he won't be surprised. Maybe it'll just be observers who will be surprised at the level of competition that he is going to face in this league. And someone brought up, you know, how's Messi going to deal with being fouled all the time tactically? Well, my response dealt to with that, that is he's, he, he's used to that. He's That's been there and done the that. Time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Know? Julian Carranza, uh, who is at Philadelphia now, but was formerly with Miami. He spoke on Teise in Argentina. And he said it won't be easy for Messi in MLS, even though he's the best in the world. He said it's a very physical league. Uh, he also talked about just the excitement of having somebody like that in the league. Carranza from Argentina gets this at a, at a different level than maybe some do. Uh, it's, it's just, it, it's, it's insane. It, it's insane that this happens. And it's so cool. If you've been around this league to have this kind of a day, because everything is changing. You've got reports right now that Tata Martino to Miami is all but done. And, and that's going to happen. Uh, you've got reports. You talk about the the spinoff effect. You got reports from Tom Bogert that Real Salt Lake is going to go to Pachuca and sign Chicho Arango, who How was here that? with LAFC, who yeah. maybe they should have kept, and they didn't, and they don't win the CONCACAF Champions League, soon to be the CONCACAF Champions Cup. And RSL is going to go break their, regular, their record transfer fee outlay 
to go get Chicho Arango and bring him back in the summer. Over $6 million, you would expect. That's what Pachuca paid. So, I mean, you're going to get a lot of spinoff effect from this. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, it really, really is. A lot of people are asking, where is the presser? Honestly, I don't know. I don't even really know if it's true that he's having a presser. Yeah, there was some reports that um, Sport uh, Magazine newspaper out of Barcelona has an interview with him in the next 15 minutes, less than that now. Uh, They had tweeted that out. Um, I don't know if he's going to do a presser or basically do a statement there. Yeah. Go uh, sorry. Go ahead. I, 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 I would think it would be a statement. There's not going to be a press conference until he comes to Miami, in my opinion. And it's it's right. going to be an absolute circus. I mean, the league, the league has to do everything it can to get that event uh, as widespread coverage as they possibly can. It, it's not going to be a situation where something leaks out of a, a third party source from a a non-US based news outlet. Like it, it'll be an absolute carnival when they have the the actual announcement and press conference. Well, opinion. yeah, when they have a I don't I don't think it's gonna follow normal um protocols in this. I, I mean it's it's gonna be official here very quickly. Um yeah. you're gonna have a welcoming event basically for him is what will happen when he is able to come to Miami and and that's probably going to be after these Argentina games in Asia that are coming up that Tiago Almada will be part of the squad with. Uh, it's, it's It looks like in about five minutes it's going to happen. The reason why it might happen via a Barcelona outlet is Lionel Messi wanted to go back to Barcelona, and that needs to be understood in how all of this played out. He loves that club. He was there from years before he broke through as a professional uh they did things for him and his life that that nobody else could ever do uh he wanted to go back there he wanted to end his time there the right way um after they honestly screwed everything up and kind of pushed him out the door and it was handled very badly he wanted to go back there even after that with the same people running the club now that screwed it up before According to some things that are starting to come out uh, from sources close to the family, they kind of strung him along again. And he has been talking to them for a while about wanting to make this happen, what he would want, how it would get done. And they're like, yeah, we can make everything happen. Yeah, we can make everything happen. It wasn't until yesterday that things got approved by La Liga for even a pathway to it, let alone like doing it. And you can't just do it because they've got to get rid of players to be able to do it. And there is no talk about them getting rid of players. There's no talk about any of that. And Messi's camp, and this is, again, it's all reporting right now, and there'll probably be more from it, is very upset about it and very upset about the way Barcelona has treated him a second time. And to the point that you've seen some people out of Barcelona and you've had some stories planted, which wouldn't be the first time from that club, about, well, it was Messi's decision to come or not come. It's all on him. And I think he wants to get out in front of that. And his statement will probably be along those lines of, I tried to make it happen for a club that I love very much, and they couldn't get it done for this to happen. So I have to go play elsewhere because they can't guarantee me that they can even register me as a player. And I think that's what the statement is going to be and what needs to be from his end, because... Mm -hmm. I don't think he wants people in Barcelona to think that he strung the club along or he doesn't want to go back there. He did. 
but they can't make it happen because that club's been run so poorly for so many years that their finances are a wreck. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. All right, well, I'm keeping an eye on Twitter. Uh, I'm keeping an eye on a bunch of different things here. While we <laughs> wait for whatever is happening, can we maybe pivot for a moment to the other thing going on today? Yes, we you can. Know, th- isn't this kind of funny? Like, th- we were on the West Coast in 2018, getting ready for Five Stripes After Dark when it, I mean, it was for a, a much less happy reason, but we were kind of just glued to our phones all day because we were in San Jose out on the West Coast, waiting a very late kickoff time at the the team hotel when uh, uh, the rumors really started to circulate about Tata Martino leaving Atlanta United. We're just kind of sitting around just processing this all day, and then we had to go do a match that night. It ended up being a pretty wild match. Uh, so, yeah, it did. LAFC tonight. Uh, Christopher wants to know, do we know how many minutes we're going to get from Yakimakis tonight, and can Atlanta United take anything away from watching LAFC and Lyon? I'll answer the first part. I think with Yakimakis, um, keep something in mind. Pineda has got to be very, very careful about going for the three points tonight, but also remembering you've got a home match coming up in 72 hours. So I would imagine for players who are dealing with stuff right now or have recently dealt with stuff, uh, and Yakimakis would be in that discussion. Probably Abara, to an extent, would be in that discussion. Uh, I think he's going to be very, very careful to not use them for 90 minutes unless absolutely necessary. I think that, and, and you know, quite frankly, last week using him for 87 minutes against New England, I don't think was in the plan, but it was something yeah. he had to do because it was necessary. I think they would much rather not use him for 90 minutes tonight if they can avoid it. Yeah, he's not he doesn't have 180 minutes in him for two games this week. He doesn't. Um I don't know where the numbers fall. Uh I would say 60 is probably a reasonable estimate of the plan. Um and the more you go past that, the more you potentially affect his availability for Saturday. And and look, that's a yeah, has to be a factor here. 
I think Ibadra is a lot closer to being good, good, and you don't have to worry about that. And you don't have Santiago Sosa tonight either. Uh, lingering ankle issue for him. So you might have to go further with Ibarra than that. I think he's okay to do it. Yakimaki's, I think 60 is, is your target number that you're shooting for. And you'd love to be in a position to where you can pull him out at 60 and be comfortable. And then as far as uh, part two of that question, I know Steve Chirondolo said yesterday that, um, you know, LAFC was going to be shorthanded tonight. That That's not a surprise. But yeah. he, he said something that, I don't want to downplay this because I've seen this all the time doing Hawks games. You go into a game and you're going to face a lot of maybe backups, reserves, younger guys, and they're out there trying to prove a point. And it's an opportunity for them at home playing against a good side for them to prove that point. And I got the sense in visiting with Pineda earlier this week and just being around the team over the last 48 hours, LAFC might not be totally first choice tonight, but I think Atlanta United is going into this match with the mindset that LAFC is going to be first choice tonight. Would you agree with that? Yeah, because I don't think the the style of play changes. And that's the thing about LAFC that has allowed them to be good in MLS this season, even with, chasing CONCACAF Champions League, uh, they play the same way. It might not be the same faces, but they do have good depth. Uh, I really like somebody like Stipe Buick, who is a, a really talented young player. They've got some homegrowns who are starting to emerge who might be in the team tonight. Uh, Doris, uh, Duenas. It's, it's a weird one because you don't know exactly who you're going to see, but you know how they're going to play. So you can adjust for that and you can create a, a game plan to come in and understand how LAFC is going to want to play. They've been really good on the counter this season. They're having less than 50% of the ball. Like Under Chirundolo, things have evolved a little bit from the old Bob Bradley days where they wanted to dominate possession. They're far more comfortable playing off of the ball now. But will they have enough defensively to make that side of it work against a really good attack in Atlanta United? Uh, Aaron Long has to be uh, at least seriously in question for this match after his injury in the second leg of the, the CONCACAF Champions League final. Uh, Kalini has to be under consideration to be questionable here because he's just not able to play a whole lot of minutes right now. Um, that defense looks different without figures like that in it so nothing changes about the way they play maybe their effectiveness changes as they get deeper into the bench but Atlanta United has to prepare to see their best team and then deal with whatever changes might come when that lineup sheet comes out an hour before kick I'm not thrilled that LAFC could not get it done against Leon. to be honest with you that that makes me even a little queasier I, I wanted to see LAFC win Champions League and maybe be a little bit hungover coming into tonight. I think maybe they might be a little more determined because, quite frankly, they were badly outplayed over the two legs by Lyon. Yep. And uh, LAFC is a very, very proud club with uh, a lot of proud individuals, whether they be first-choice guys or not, and a uh, proud group of supporters as well. I'll be a little curious to know what the crowd's like tonight because this was supposed to be a Saturday match, moved to Wednesday uh, as you know, Los Angeles notoriously late arriving crowds, especially on weeknights. So I think there were a lot of breaks that came into play 
for Atlanta United in getting this match moved to Wednesday that benefit Atlanta United, but but how much of a benefit, uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll find out. Uh, okay, so hold on, uh, hold on one second. Um, so what it looks like is in five minutes, uh, a joint interview uh, will be published with Messi in Sport, which is is the Barcelona paper I mentioned before, and Mundo Deportivo, which is another one based out of Barcelona. Uh, they're doing a joint interview with Messi, and it will be published in, I think, three o'clock, our, uh, three o'clock Eastern time, uh, noon where we are, Mike, and and I think it's nine o'clock over in in, in Europe. Um, well, good because we have more questions on the Twitch pitch before that comes out. So yeah, uh, well, that should be coming. I don't think it's a video. It might be. No. It might be a video and a, a written piece, but the written piece is supposed to hit at three. Uh, questions about summer transfer window and what positions Atlanta United might want to strengthen in that window and where you and I might go with that. Uh, I'll continue to say that I think, as I assess right now, you're going to have Ozzy Alonso coming back, so I don't worry as much about needing to get like a, a defensive midfielder. I think you're good at center back. I think you're good with your, your left and right back depth right now. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it, look, I know this is counter to the narrative. I actually, I feel pretty good about your depth in the midfield right now. Um, yeah. To me, obviously a winger because our Ruju is gone. Almada definitely would, would hold a big key in what you do this summer if you need to get an attacking midfielder. And I still think, with all due respect to Miguel Berry and the Galasso that he had on, on uh, Wednesday last, you're still, I think, wanting to upgrade a backup striker unless – you feel good that Eric Lopez is going to be uh, coming back sooner rather than later. And I, I just don't know what the timetable is on Lopez, but, but those Lopez would be my is, positions okay. of need. Lopez, I think is a couple weeks away. Um, uh, high ankle sprain. And, and those are difficult to Tough. come back for quickly. And it was awful timing for him. Um, you're going to want to see what he can give you. I think before you jump out on a backup striker, because to backup striker, first off, I think Lopez can help the position. I think Barry getting a goal will definitely help his confidence. And he's contributed in other games as well. And he did in Orlando, and he played well mm -hmm. there. So that's two good games for him. Um, Ozzy Alonso played 30 uh, for the twos on Sunday. Uh, wasn't the most intense 30 because uh, Inter-Miami at that time was already down to 10 men. Um Really good performance from the twos. Ozzy looked sharp on the ball. It was great to see him on the field. Uh, he could be in line for minutes uh, as soon as Saturday. Um, we'll just have to wait and see what that looks like. And, and again, you want to get him, you want to build up his confidence in both the physical side of his game and also, I think, the, the technical side of his game. And it just takes time. So you want him in this team to contribute in the second half of the season. And it looks like he will be able to contribute. If it's mostly his depth, then it's mostly his depth. And that's okay. Uh, because he can contribute at the, the eight and the six positions, I think, in the midfield. Fullback, you're good. You're right on the wing. And I think the question you think about is, and you don't know where the tea leaves are going to fall on Tiago Almada just yet. I still love the idea of an attacker who can play wide, but also play as a 10. And that's becoming more and more common where you see formations not be rigid like they used to be. Don't think of players as only one position and that's all they can play. There's very few who are like that anymore. Strikers are usually the ones, the outliers. 
Uh, wingers can play on either side. A lot of times wingers can tuck inside or they can play as a wing back. You, you get a lot of variety in that. But you're going to need another attacking player uh, with Luis Adarujo going out. And do you get somebody who can tuck inside and maybe be an Almada replacement in a degree as well, but could play on the wing? And you got to remember Luis Adarujo and the way this team is built and the way they want to play is an inverted winger. He's coming inside anyway. So if you have a player who's comfortable playing in central channels who can play on the wing and give you elements of that as well, that's a really good spot. I don't think you want a traditional right winger because that's going to take away from Brooks Lennon's effectiveness going forward. Right. So I think you're looking for an attacking multifaceted player who can impact games, create for others, but also get their own goals too. Not easy to come by the right player in that position, but you're going to have a designated player spot to work with. That's the number one thing. The other pieces would help bolster things. You've got to get that attacker to give you more, frankly, than, than Luis has given you this season. All right. While we remain on messy interview watch, <laughs> uh, let's take this one from Shiva. Uh, she wants to know, in general, based on what we've seen from the coaching staff and the way the team has played, where do we think Atlanta United will end up at the end of the season if fully healthy? <laughs> I wish I could answer that, uh, but it's impossible to because the landscape has completely changed right now. Uh, when you have Jorge Moss, and this just tweeted uh, a couple of minutes ago, a blacked out picture with uh, a silhouette of a player in an inner Miami kit. When you can see the 10 and you can see the three stripes and you can see an S and an I, that's really good work, by the way. I, I like the tease. Um, everything's changing. So like the idea of looking at these teams right now and saying like, well, they could be fourth, they could be third, they could be second. I think they're a team that can compete in the Eastern Conference with the top teams. I think that, that Atlanta United will be a team that will expect to be a home playoff top four kind of a team. And I think they, they can, and I think they should be. But be below them right now, and it's gonna, there's going to be a domino effect here. Miami's not going to be what Miami's been in the first half of the season. Uh, Toronto should be better if they can get all on the same page. Uh, you've got other teams that are going to spend, that are going to make corresponding moves. So it's way too early to set a bar and say, well, if they hit that or they don't hit that, it's success or failure. That is impossible with yeah. the landscape changing move that is happening today. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm not, it just is like, I'm not no, going no, right. to, I'm right. not just going to say something to say it and, no. and give I, a hot take. I think I, Atlanta I, I, United I would, should strive to be one of the best teams in the Eastern conference period. And that shouldn't change with today's news period. Yeah, you know, sure. I, I think you can make some general remarks that if they're healthy, yeah, of course they should be a playoff team. I mean, yeah, less that's than that if they're no healthy brainer. would would be a disaster. I mean, if they're healthy, they absolutely are a top half of the table team yeah. in this conference. They're I think bigger than that. What, that that's setting too low of a bar. Well, uh, okay, but uh, my thought is that I, I don't want to demean the rest of the Eastern Conference. No, and I don't no. want to overlook the fact that you've got to play Cincinnati twice. You got to play Philadelphia twice. You have to play Nashville again. Um, you're going to have to play Orlando again. You're going to have to play Miami now again, you, you know, for whatever that's worth. Um, so your, your schedule is you have to play LAFC tonight in Seattle, uh, both on the road. Like, so your schedule, you've got some, 
You've got some tricky things coming up on your schedule. Christopher, Mike, correct. You have Mike, to play hold, at New hold, England again. Hold, hold that thought. I will hit that just to say that now it is 100% official. Wow. Lionel Messi has claimed, has made a public statement that he is going to enter Miami. It is, it is done. <laughs> I, I, I am insane. Just, I, this is one of the all time significant moments in major league soccer history, really in the history of, of the sport in our country. Um, yeah. I, they've, I don't, they've got a, I don't they've want to got sound a... hyperbolic, but th- this is just I'm I'm speechless. And you know that takes a lot for me to be speechless, Jason. Um <laughs> they've got to finalize the contract. Um basically it's like a pre-agreement is where they're at right now. Um he, he said that they're missing some things. He's decided to continue on the path. He's not going to Barcelona. He wasn't interested in going anywhere else. Um he wanted to do this, make this move for his family as well. Um he did say about Barcelona, he, he really wanted, he was excited to be able to return, but after having experienced what I experienced and the exit I had, I did not want to be in the same situation again, waiting to see what was going to happen and leaving my future in hands from another. Um, they haven't done the things that they needed to do. They can't guarantee anything. So he made the decision that he's going to Miami. He said, I still haven't closed at 100% and it's down to final things and contracts. When we're talking about a contract like this, it's probably a little complicated. Yeah, uh, but well, he's going to go to Miami. I think also you want to leave just that teeny bit of wiggle room to maintain whatever leverage you need to maintain. And also, quite frankly, uh, as I said earlier, it, you know, the league, the club, they need to make this an event when they make this a done deal. This gives and you the ability to do that. Yeah, exactly right. Um, and, and it will be just a absolute carnival. Uh, when, when it all goes down officially. But, I mean, th- this is – I'm shocked. I did not think we'd be having this conversation in 2023. I thought maybe after the 2026 World Cup we'd be having this conversation. No, I, um, I, I said it a while ago, um, years ago, that when there was talk about Messi and there were rumors before, there were rumors when he left Barcelona that, you know, it wasn't going to happen until after the 22 World Cup. And the first window where it could happen would be this one. Um, I thought maybe the paradigm would change with what he did in Qatar in, in that tournament and the level that he's playing at, but it didn't. And Miami and the league, it sounds like is putting together a deal that made it worthwhile for him to make this move. And he's not like if Barcelona had been able to do it, he would have went back there. He wasn't going to play anywhere else in Spain. He, he wasn't going to play anywhere else in France, for example. There, there's nobody in Italy or Germany who could give him what he should get financially and everything else. Um, England, I don't think, was really ever a possibility. I would assume Chelsea uh, picked up a phone. Maybe Manchester City picked up a phone, and that might have been a pull just because of the relationship with Pep and Messi, but I don't think there was really anywhere else in Europe that was interesting to him. And, you know, again, like you can say what you want about the level of MLS, the competitiveness in the league is very attractive to somebody like Messi, who is one of the ultimate competitors. You know, everybody knows like the, the stories about Michael Jordan and his competitiveness. Lionel Messi's right there. He he's that kind of a guy. Um, you know, the stories about, you know, the tears after getting knocked out in 2010 and 
Diego Maradona, like said, you know, as he was managing that team, that he was the only one who acted that way. Um, he's just got a fire that's different. And this is going to be a different type of situation for him, but we've seen him step into the public eye more and more over the years. I think he's more comfortable doing that. He's he's not a he's not David Beckham in terms of uh, going out to seek that attention and enjoying the celebrity and stuff. I think he's more comfortable with it now. Uh, and he's going to have to do some of that here in the U.S. And, and he's going to deal with that in some ways that are a little different than he has in his career. Not completely different because he's a massive celebrity everywhere he goes, but it's going to have a different feel here. And there's also going to be some of the benefits of a little bit more anonymity at times being in Miami. And it sounds like his family and his wife specifically really wanted that kind of a lifestyle that maybe they haven't had. So it's, it's a fascinating move all the way around, but this was the window where the door would open up for MLS. And it sounds like this didn't just happen overnight. MLS has been putting things in place. Miami prepared to have a, the availability to be able to make a move like this and to get it over the line. It's a credit to everybody involved and it's going to be transformational for major league soccer for everybody involved in it. Yeah. The best player of the world's coming to MLS. It just tweeted it. I mean, it, it, simple as that. The best player in the world is going to play in major league soccer. And this year, uh, it sounds yeah. like, I mean, I mean, yeah. it, it, it sounds like it's going to be sooner rather than later. Um, just, I mean, take a moment now. I know a lot of you on the Twitch pitch have been soccer zealots for a very, very long time. Jason, you as well. Think about if, if, if this day was even imaginable in 1990, <laughs> no, you know th you didn't have a professional league that wasn't right. playing in high school stadiums in nineteen. Right, right. I mean, think think of how just completely absurd this notion would have been uh, in nineteen ninety that you would have a soon to be thirty team professional league in the United States routinely selling out stadiums in excess of twenty five thousand spectators in certain markets selling out NFL stadiums, a league that uh, has ascended to be the, the best league in the Confederation uh, from top to bottom, one of the best leagues from top to bottom in the world outside of maybe the big four or five, and now it's a league that's knocking on the door of being one of the big four or big five, and now the reigning World Cup golden ball recipient and the best player in the world still in his prime is going to play in that league for years to come. Uh, it, it's just absolutely amazing. I I think it is an incredible opportunity for all 29 teams in this league, yeah. not just Inter-Miami. It's one that need, needs to be seized upon. And as I said at the top of the show, the league, strap up. And let's have some serious discussions now about what we can do as a league to make sure that Players are getting paid just compensation and that you give uh, teams that are ambitious the runway and the wiggle room to um, be competitive in the world negotiation market. And uh, it's a it's a huge opportunity for the league. I think for those of us who have been with Atlanta United from day one, it's incredibly 
fun to think about the opportunity that Lionel Messi is going to play in Atlanta every year for the foreseeable future. It, it's incredible. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Messi's going to a, an Atlanta United rival to play with Joseph and probably Tata, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. But I'm going to put all that uh, aside for a second because this is – this is absolutely one of the most historic, if not the most historic moment in the history of this league. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah, I mean, the soccer in the United States at this kind of a level is still relatively young. You know, you're, you're going back to 1967 when you had a nationwide league form. It's not that long ago in the grand scheme of things. When you talk about Major League Baseball, you're going back to 1876. You know, I mean, 1967, okay. It didn't work. It almost died. It didn't die. And they signed Pelé. And you got a a hint, a, a little taste of what could happen if you had somebody like that. And it was magical for three years that he played here and maybe a couple more residual years. But like I said before, you didn't have the foundation to be able to continue to build on that. So that league died. Then you had a federation and people involved who went out and brought the World Cup to this country, which was insane to think about when that was announced in 1988. Uh, they did it. That World Cup sparked Major League Soccer. Major League Soccer does not happen if that World Cup doesn't come here. Literally, funds from that World Cup helped launch MLS. People who were involved in the World Cup had like a, a closet office, like literally a closet. That was what MLS started in during that time. You had to get a league off the ground. They did. They went and they got some guys like a Roberto Donadoni, like a Jorge Campos, like the U.S. players who had, had shined in that World Cup. They brought them back. Started with 10 teams. It was very modest. It took a long time to get past that. They went to 12, came back to 10. Then David Beckham showed up. That was a transformational day. This can be an even more trans trans just transformational day than we saw with Pelé, than we saw with the World Cup coming, than we saw with Beckham because of all those things that happened before. You're in a position now where you drive down the street, there's a very good chance you're going to see a soccer field. You're in a position now in Atlanta where you drive around a neighborhood, you're probably going to see an Atlanta United flag or a bumper sticker or a license tag. You're at a position now where even ESPN with you know, bowing out of, of MLS, soccer highlights are on their top 10 every single day on SportsCenter. Things that were unthinkable not that long ago are just common now. And, and I mean, I have to pinch myself as somebody who, when I fell in love with the game, it was 86. It was Argentina. It was Diego Maradona. And I then wanted a team to follow and I didn't have one because there wasn't a league in, in the United States. And in Atlanta, when I played, you know, as a kid, you didn't have a team until I was a senior in high school and they played in a high school. They played in a high school stadium. Um, that team folded multiple times <laughs> during its run. So to go from that to now where you're looking at a game later this year that I would assume the whole stadium would be open and I would you assume have to that now. you, you have, to. have a new stadium attendance record for that game. Um, 
to have something like that is just insane. And that's just the tip of the iceberg with this. That's the, the immediate stuff. The, the question that has to be asked in the MLS offices and in every club's offices right now, they need to sit down seriously right now and think about, okay, this is going to be amazing for a year, two, three, however long he's here, however long he can play at this level through the World Cup. But what is the legacy of this? What changes everything going forward? Because when Pelé came, you didn't think about legacy at all. World Cup, they did think about legacy, and it created MLS. Beckham coming has had an absolute legacy. Inter-Miami is a direct legacy of Beckham coming to this league to begin with. And now Messi comes. So what is the legacy going to be from this combined with the Copa America, combined with the World Cup? What is the legacy going to be? MLS needs to have a plan for that. Every club needs to have a plan for that because this is at another level than any of those previous moves. And it can just teleport this league to another level and the game in this country to another level. All right. I am coming up on my heart out. I, I did not think we would go for this long, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad we did. Uh, look, we know it's going to be late tonight, but um, crazy things happen with Five Stripes After Dark. We've it's told true. you that before. So we'll be on the air 10 o'clock on 92.9, the game in the Odyssey out with the Five Stripes Countdown. 10.39 Eastern time will be the uh, the kickoff time from uh, BMO Stadium here in L.A. And don't forget, again, Saturday, we're right back with you. 7 o'clock, pregame 7.30 kickoff for Atlanta United and D.C. United. It's a lot of fun. I I'll tell you what, I'll never forget where I was when we found out officially no. Lionel Messi was coming to Inter-Miami. And if there is one big winner today, it's Inter-Miami's kit sponsor. Oh, yes. I oh, don't yeah. know what the heck uh, an XBTQ <laughs> or XBTO is, but man, oh, man, the Photoshops are already starting. <laughs> so uh, that was a good investment by whoever that company is. But again, we'll, we'll see you on the radio tonight, uh, 10 o'clock Eastern time. Thank you for the great questions on the Twitch pitch today. This is a lot of fun. We'll see you again next week for another edition of Stoppage Time here on Facebook and Twitch with 92.9 The Game. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 